This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They're both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. Today's an open topic show. We have some money findings, some spending, and some saving tips for you, as long as uh, as well as some information on jobs and taxes. And we're looking for your personal finance questions and emails. Contact us by email. The address is money at mpbonline.org. So good morning, Nancy. We always like to start with you by talking about what's on your mind, financially speaking. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, Kevin, there's nothing that investors hate more than uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And we are certainly facing that with what's happening with Russia and Ukraine and how that will have an impact on all of us and our economies. Um, And that is being reflected in something called the VIX, which is an index which measures volatility. It's crossed over the 30 mark. Um, uh, listeners may recognize the name Liz Ann Saunders. I invoke her a lot. I follow her on Twitter. And uh, she has great graphs, great information. So last night after Putin's speech, her only tweet was, buckle up. Hmm. And um, I would say to people out there, uh, two R's. First is react. Don't do it. Not in the middle of all of this. But this is a good time to do the second R, which is review. And so go back and look at your portfolio. Make sure the plan is still appropriate for you. You don't need to make changes in the middle of this. But if you find that maybe you have uh, used short-term money in long-term investments, maybe you need to make some changes later. Maybe this uncertainty has made you nervous and kept you awake at night. Maybe you need to introduce a few more uh, investments that have more stability versus more stocks. So later on, you can go back and make those changes. That's an interesting point. I don't know that we've ever really talked about that much on the show, but your sort of peace of mind is is an important factor when determining your investments. I always tell people I know what uh, works, but I don't know what lets you sleep at night. And that's different for every single person. Uh, good morning, Ryder. What's on your mind, financially speaking, today? Good morning. Ho- hopefully, mine will be a little less thrilling, but nonetheless important to a lot of folks. We talk about financing higher education, saving for college, how to pay for college, student loans, etc. a lot. I've started reading a book called The Price You Pay for College, which is a very interesting review of kind of all the changes in higher education, higher education finance. One of the things that, that stands out a lot in recent years is college enrollment has, has actually dipped a little bit in, in the past couple of years. It's not a precipitous decline. I don't know if this is the start of a worrying trend, but there are some changes going on in college finance, and so kind of keeping abreast of it is a, it's a big and important thing for a lot of folks. So if, if a trend were to continue in, in decreasing enrollment, do you think that... Um colleges and universities would be forced to lower their fees, prices? Potentially. However, one of the things that this book points out is that the sticker price, the kind of published cost of attendance, is often way higher than what folks are actually paying. So, so many students get 
aid of some sort, be it your low income and you're getting Pell Grants or you're getting need-based aid to what's called merit-based aid, where, as, as the author describes it, is essentially a discounting mechanism where a college sees a candidate who can pay full price but needs to be tempted to the school, so they'll offer them a discount or a president's scholarship that sounds very special and, and, if, and effectively just lowers the overall price of that school, but it makes the student feel like they are wanted there. Um, that's a tip we share frequently, that if you are looking at uh, higher education, to check into all avenues because there are a variety of scholarships and, and other types of, of way to help you pay for, uh, for higher education. We've got a variety of topics that we'll talk about today, but we're waiting for your emails and phone calls because it's an open topic day for Money Talks. Uh, Nancy, you've got a tip for people who like to recycle and like gift cards. What do you have for this us? This comes from an article that's posted on Yahoo Finance, and I'm really interested in this because there are way too many televisions in my house, <laughs> Kevin. But there are these companies out there, Amazon, Apple, Best Buy, GameStop, and Walmart, that have programs to basically buy back your electronic devices, and you have to find which ones are eligible, and then they will give you a gift card. And of course, what they're trying to encourage is for you to upgrade along the way. And uh, But I I think you're going to have to go to those sites and find out what is eligible. The, more, uh, the newer the item, the more you're going to get on that gift card. If, uh, if 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 anybody's giving away PS5s, by the way, I'm 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 in the market for that, but uh, it's it's very discouraging. Kevin will help you recycle your old <laughs> PS5. Right. Yeah, that's right. As long as it's in good working order. <laughs> it's amazing to me the the availability and then the the prices was fairly reasonable, but the availability has just been not there. I mean, it's they. Uh, Have you been outside lately, Kevin? <laughs> yes, I I took a walk yesterday. By the way. <laughs> Uh, so that's interesting. Uh, obviously, the newer your device that you're trading in, probably the better deal you get for it. But that's, as you said, if you find that you've got too many televisions in your house or whatever. Uh, I would have to sneak them out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are others in your house who don't yes. think you have too many yes. televisions. <laughs> uh, Ryder, do you know of other stores that buy, uh, that will recycle items? Uh, yes. And I was just thinking about the electronics. We've kind of, our phones are now, we have a market for them like, cars. Uh, yeah. A lot of people want to buy a new car. A lot of people want to trade in their old one after every few years, and you take it, and you, nobody's most people aren't just throwing away their old cars. They're still valuable. You're, 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 they're effectively being recycled. They're especially like valuable right now, right? Oh, they're very yeah. valuable right now, especially we just heard there is a ship that was carrying all oh, sorts yes. of cars, and it is on fire in the middle of the ocean. So uh, finders keepers, if you can swim that far. Um, <laughs> so Target is actually a pretty good store for recycling. Uh, Target, some, some other departments type slides. Grocery store type places, Target and Walmart do this. Uh, Target holds a car seat trade in event in September. You can, again, you trade in old car seats, which apparently you are not supposed to keep around for that long because of safety standards, and you get a coupon for. for something at Target, no doubt. And they also have offered other recycling services in the past as well. Any of those stores, you're going to buy stuff. It's going to have tons of packaging, cardboard and plastic, and you can often bring that back into the store. Many grocery stores, I know our Kroger's around here, will offer 
uh, you can recycle the bags that you get from the store and uh, plastic packaging. And that is becoming more common in larger grocery stores, chains, uh, Walmarts, etc. So recycling packaging, because that is just that is something you don't reuse or hand down to someone else. And a similar, and I think that they still do this, but Best Buy used to be a, a place that you could recycle um, outdated technology. Not that you're getting anything for it, but you have an old printer or something and you mm-hmm. don't want to just throw it in a landfill or something. Uh, Best Buy, and I say, I think they still do it, but they have a, a program where you, they'll just take the. What about all those cords, mm-hmm. that drawer full of charging cords that I have? And I even was cleaning out a purse yesterday and found one of the little um, cigarette chargers for my car, you know, so I can plug in my oh, wow. USB. Do I really need that anymore? Probably not. <laughs> I, I use mine still. Uh, for, more for my GPS uh, machine though. So, um, But that that's interesting. So, um, Nancy, to your your comment on the cords, there's the micro USB, there's m- oh, USB-C. It's... It, Is there too many? I know. And Way I, too many. I, I bought the wrong one and I was trying to jam it in the back of the thing and then I realized, well, no, you got to buy the little and thin one. And I have discovered, a writer taught this to me that I was having trouble getting a cord to charge and he said um, you know sometimes there's fuzz that gets into the little receptacle oh, yeah. and so he got out a paper clip I think it was <laughs> and you know cleaned all that out and it was working again if you have a question for our experts send an email to money at mpbonline.org an open topic show today what's on your mind we have a list of governor's job fairs events to tell you about that's coming up next you're listening to money talks on mpb think radio presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. find autocorrect helpful especially on coach charlie's tip of the week listen to our podcast with me coach charlie melton on any podcasting platform or on the mpb public media app you're listening to money talks our website moneytalks.mpbonline.org is one way to hear past money talks broadcasts you can also download the mpb public media app and listen on your iphone or android phone on demand 
Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taff, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. If you're looking for a job, there are a couple of job fairs coming up. Uh, on February 24th, the Monroe County Job Fair will be held in Amory. The, Louis, uh, the Louisville-Winston County Job Fair is on March 3rd, and the Neshoba County Job Fair takes place in Philadelphia on March 9th. MPB helped out with one of these job fairs a couple of years ago, and really I was quite impressed with uh, how well they do that. You kind of check in, and then you have access to a number of employers, and I think you could do anything from sort of just trying to find out more information down to here is my resume, you know, can I fill out an application sort of thing. So uh, if you're looking for a job, those job fairs are a good way to get a bunch of employers uh, all gathered in one location. We've got a caller on the line, so let's say good morning to Judy calling in from Tupelo. Judy, you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Hi, Judy. Are you with us? Judy, we can't hear you. Hold on a minute, Judy. We've got some technical issues to work out here. Judy, go ahead. Um, I have a tip. Uh, I clean houses for a living, and uh, using the Swiffer dusters, uh, and you put the thing on the um, uh, handle and it flies off and it was so aggravating um, so I developed this uh, tip by my own um, I take a safety pin and clip it through the end of the little duster thing and run a string through the, the paper clip and tie it to the handle it will not come off unless you take it off very good. Uh, do you like the Swifter? I've often thought about buying one, uh, Judy, but I never have. Do you, do you think they're good for dusting? Oh, great. And also, you can get it. Amazon has the uh, microfiber ones that you can wash in the washer machine, and it saves money, too. Judy, I really think you need to call the company and uh, let them know about your idea. That sounds like a good invention. Well, I did mention it one time, and they said if you put the things on, they won't come off. That's wrong. They, <laughs> they still come off. But anyway, it saves me a lot of headache and uh, money, too. Let's talk a little bit about what to buy and not to buy in March. Uh, starting off by saying when to buy. Nancy, in this month, is there any time that would work better? Well, not this month. We're talking about March, which is next month. Uh, any time of the month? It's almost March. It is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I tell you one thing I'm not buying, which I do need. I need a new washer and dryer, but I'm holding off because we're still dealing with a chip shortage. Oh, yes. And I think that's going to be around for a little while. So I'm just trying to nurse the, um, the washer and dryer that I have and uh, nudge it along until we can get past that. Uh, one of the things that's great to buy right now at this time of the year is clothing. So we're getting to the end of a season. And add to that that a lot of clothing retailers were really hurt during the pandemic. People were not buying clothes. They were not shopping. And so they're uh, discounting a lot of things right now, discounting those winter items so you can jump in and find some really good deals. Yeah, I like the 
between the season time because you're right they're trying to clear out their inventory from the previous season and bring in the stuff for the next season coming up in this case winter to spring uh, but you can get a lot of good buys i was at the outlet mall yesterday and was surprised that one of the stores was almost entirely like 60 percent off and the funny thing was the stuff is kind of overpriced because it's name brand stuff so when you get the deep discount you're like well hey that's suddenly affordable <laughs> well i always like the trick of buying at that uh changeover of seasons so right now i would buy winter clothes as long as i'm not buying trendy things and then you know i might be able to wear them for another couple of weeks and then put them in my closet and then next winter pull them out and feel like i've got a brand new outfit and my problem is it gets buried so deep in the closet the next one i go through it i'm like where did this come from hey that's not a bad looking shirt so <laughs> time to clean out the closet that, well, that's true Ryder, any thoughts about uh, buying things in march things that might be on discount yes so things like y'all said that have just gone out of season winter sports gear in particular uh also think about things getting ready for summer you know a refresh of the line so things that folks are buying in the summer are getting ready for grills and air conditioners things like that you will have what didn't sell last year and was sitting in the back of the warehouse and they're ready to replace it with the new models and lastly we are in tax season so i'll be remiss to uh, not mention tax software although i strongly encourage anybody if you're agi if you're adjusted gross income so that's most of your income is less than seventy three thousand dollars then to look for irs free file you should not be paying to file your taxes if you make less than seventy three thousand dollars uh, if you make over seventy three thousand dollars and want to deal with the forms themselves they also have free fillable forms online and so you can fill those forms out you can have those submitted and you can also submit payment electronically uh, or set up to receive your refund electronically the irs encourages that uh, very strongly, uh, and so that's a that's a great thing to think about right now in tax season. I uh, I do that every year, find a free one. But this year I had a little bit of trouble because usually when I found a free one, it would do a free e-file for federal and that the state was included as well. This year mm-hmm. I went through several, and the one I actually used for my federal return had a charge for your state return, but I didn't do it, and I found another program that did. And so the only caveat was that you could not e-file for free, so I had to go mm-hmm. ahead and print out the forms. But um, you know, for the state return, I thought that that worked fairly well, and as long as I, I got it for free, I was willing to do the old-fashioned way of, of printing out the paper forms and just mailing them in mm-hmm. uh, with my money order for what I owe. Uh, and uh, the funny thing is, I, I, I'm so used to doing this electronically and getting out of the way, now I've got to keep in mind I'm one of the ones that's going to be running around in April uh, getting it on time because I actually have to mail something in this year. So, uh, you Also, you might want to mark your calendars in March for food-related holidays. National Ravioli Day is March 20th. And Pie Day is oh, March 14th. Oh, that's, that's one of my favorites. So it would be what? So what's your favorite pie? You've got, you made cookies today, right? Yes. Uh, pie. What would my favorite pie be? Um, probably pecan. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, what about you, good. Ryder? I had an exquisite caramel pie the oh, other day. So I'll just go with that one as it's the most recent pie I've eaten. What about you, Nancy? I'm going to go with lemon icebox. Oh, yeah. strong Cheer. contender. Cheer. Strong. 
cherry over there from Liz. Okay. So my problem with something like pie, cakes, cookies, I like almost anything. So right, it's kind of like, right. well, which ones don't I like? Right. I, these are Liz. I wouldn't say no to any of y'all's choices. So <laughs> next week, guys, next week. And, of course, pie day being on March 14th. It's P-I, so it's a little play on words there. Pie being 3.14. Another numbers I don't remember after. What is it, Ryder? What is the full? Uh, I really don't know. One, oh, one I'm disappointed. 159. I was hoping it would be 22 because that would really be like Super Pie Day there. So, um, Now, Java Chapman, who is the producer for Deep South Dining that's heard Mondays at 9 a.m. on MPB uh, Think Radio, had something the other day that is interesting. There is an app called the Girl Scout Cookie Finder. So uh, with the pandemic, Girl Scouts have set up their app that gives you the dates and locations of their table sales at grocery stores and shopping centers. You can turn on the location sharing feature or just put in your zip code. Well, you know, I had to resort to, um, and it was very painful, to just to throw away some of those Girl Scout cookies because (laughs) I don't need them in the house. Wow. I, I'm wow. the same way. I, I uh, the thin mints I could go through about oh, half of the me too. In one, yeah. in one sitting. So, uh, but now that I've got snobby and make my own cookies, I don't need the Girl Scout cookies. So, do you make thin mints? I've ne- not made a thin mint. Uh, there's one you need to try. That might be a little bit out of my comfort zone, but we, I'll, I'll look it up and see if I can find a recipe online. I'm, I'm game to try uh, any of them. Uh, so, but actually, I saw in the Kroger and Pearl uh, just yesterday the uh, Girl Scouts had a table out there and they had this. A huge SUV pulled up, and they were pulling out cases and cases of uh, of cookies. When I was in college, our neighbor, uh, she was in charge of a big Girl Scout distribution center, and so one year, uh, I was able to help transport some cookies and, and was paid for, you know, in cookies. In cookies. Right. Wow. <laughs> Got another caller on the line. Let's go to, I think it's Benny calling from Kosciuszko, if my vision is good enough. Benny, you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Hi. Good morning. Hi, go ahead. I have uh, quite a bit of money in in a savings account so that when I um, want to leave that to my daughter, can I just add her name to the account so she doesn't have to pay taxes on it? Um, Do you have any other children that you would want to share in that account? No. Then, I just have one child. Yes, you can make it a joint account. And if it's a joint account with rights of survivorship, then that means if something happened to you, she would automatically get it. Now, also understand if you do that, she can then sign on the account now. Is that okay with you? Well, she doesn't live in this state, so. So. Uh, it matters. Right. But mm-hmm. she would have to sign paperwork in order to get her name put on there. Another option would be a POD, also called a TOD, a pass on death or transfer on death. So that means you're not actually putting her name on as a signer, you're putting her name on as a beneficiary. So you have to think about, you know, maybe you would need her help if something happened to you, you were still here with us but you needed somebody to take care of your finances and pay your bills, that maybe a signer and a joint tenants with rights of survivorship might be better for you. Or mm-hmm. if not, then just go with a TOD or POD. Yeah, I'm so a POD is transfer on, on debt. Correct. Okay. 
I, I'm a big fan of the benef- adding someone as a beneficiary of the account because when you think about it, and you've probably heard me say this before, the joint account with rights of survivorship or however you have it titled is that's a legal structure and it doesn't quite reflect the reality of the world. If this money was truly, you think of it now as equally hers and yours then yeah joint account is what you want because that is a legal structure which reflects that y'all are equally own that money or y'all share in ownership of that money but if you don't view her as owning that money now and you view her as one who would be the beneficiary of that money then add her as a beneficiary so you want you want that structure that you set up that structure that you choose to line up with with how you're actually thinking and interacting with it here in the real world Okay, as a beneficiary, then she will not have to pay taxes. That's what I'm trying to find as, out. As long as it's less than about $11 million, then no, oh. she will not have any taxes. And in fact, how estate tax work, the estate would be paying the tax and not her. But no, the estate tax exemption is about $11 million. Okay, she's fine then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Thank right. you. Thanks, Benny, for your call. Let's stay on the phone lines. And next, we're going to talk to Bill in Oxford. Good morning, Bill. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. How are you all doing today? Good. What do you have for us? Uh, I just have a question. I have uh, retired last year, and I'm receiving uh, Social Security benefits. And I have not received a statement from Social Security other than... Ooh. Well, it's, it's it's I have a Social Security benefit statement and it said they've sent this to uh, the IRS. Mm. Uh, but it maybe that maybe I won't receive any other form. Well, you should receive a tax form, right? If it's something that they say they have sent to the IRS, that should be what you need. Uh, we did have Sean Mercer on air a couple weeks ago, and I believe he said it was a it's a special kind of 1099. It's like a 1099 SSA or SSA 1099. So if that says if it says 1099 SSA or something like that on the form, that is the form you need, and that is all that they will give you. Okay, that's that's all. I, what I needed to know, but I can mm-hmm. I go on the uh, free uh, IRS e-file and do this. Yes, and so you can do the the, the IRS free file. Um, I believe they'll have a link on the front page of the IRS website, but do it. Go through irs.gov. Don't just go search for free tax filing software. Again, there was a huge lawsuit years ago about all the deceptive practices that these providers did, but IRS free file will give you the correct information and how to access these and what they do is they outsource that to any, any – most tax software providers will offer a free version within that program. But you just have to be careful that they're not trying to upsell you there. Sure. Uh, I'm also receiving uh, retirement benefits uh, from PERS. And so that uh, – all I just need to do is just follow the directions in that and make sure I'm not getting, a, uh, getting some sort of uh, ad website or something. Yes. 
yes, that that's correct. And from PERS, you'll get a, the similar 1099 type statement. Again, these statements are pretty straightforward. It should just say the total dollars that were sent to you, uh, any withholdings that there were, did they pay state or federal tax out of any of these uh, disbursements that were sent to you? And that's the information you need. And Bill, anybody okay. that's newly retired, sometimes it takes a couple of years to figure out what your regular income will be and what your regular tax liability will be, especially if you retired in the middle of the year. So you were working part of the year, then you get retirement income, pension, Social Security. So just kind of try to navigate that, figure out what your taxes will be, and then you can adjust your withholdings to accommodate that. Thank you all very much, and you all have a great day. You all too. Right. Thanks, Bill, for your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Before we go to our next break, they had a list of things not to buy in March, and one of them says vacuums with the note that retailers put them on, on discount in November. And I've always, What's a vacuum? <laughs> it's a modern-day broom. But uh, why on earth would – what is about November and vacuums that would be a good time to put them on I, sale? I, I, well, I would think people, you know, you want to put them on sale when people aren't buying them. And when people will be buying vacuums is when they're doing spring cleaning. Oh, my goodness, we're getting to spring, and we're going to just clear everything out. And now we realize we need a new vacuum, right? Maybe they put them on sale in November knowing that you're going to have family over for Thanksgiving. Ah. And you're eventually going to want them to leave, so you need to start vacuuming really loudly next to the table. <laughs> also, you know, I love to give a good vacuum to someone for Christmas, so he can do really Christmas shopping as well. Oh, that's a great gift, Kevin. <laughs> it's an open topic show today. Do you like to look for loose change? We'll remind you how to find lost dollars next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. It's an expensive cycle. Insurance, gas, maintenance. Let us help break it by turning that car of yours into public radio. If your car is more work than it's useful, donate it to us. We'll pick it up, get top dollar for it, and use the funds to bring you more of your favorite shows. You might even qualify for a tax deduction. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. 
Money Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal finance broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taff, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They're both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. So have you checked for lost money lately? Treasury.ms.gov is where you can start for uh, looking for unclaimed money. So uh, go to the treasurer's office at treasury.ms.gov. And if you've lived in other states, go check that site at that other state. Take their uh, look at their Treasury Department, and they will track that. You would not believe the amount of money we have found for our clients by looking on those sites. You just, you know, have a little bit trailing behind you, and it's just like free money from the couch. <laughs> Except probably more. Uh, Sabina is on the line from Columbus. Good morning, Sabina. You're on the air. Go ahead. Uh, yes, hi. Good morning. First of all, I am 65 years old, and I have been putting money in a uh, in, in the local bank here, and but getting zero interest. I, I have heard a whole lot about the online banks, and I'm wondering how secure are they? They are very secure, um, and what you want to search for with an online bank is the symbol and notation of FDIC insurance, which means that it has deposit insurance, and it is protected. That account is protected for an individual up to $250,000. Okay. Now, how do I—I'm sorry. Go on ahead. Oh, so when you're thinking about security, there's kind of two aspects to it. The banks themselves are just, they're held to the same regulations that your local bank is. So as far as something happening to the bank, there's really, you would expect no real difference there. The main difference is that since you are accessing it exclusively online, an online bank, then you just need, you need to be careful with your private information. If, if you if you never open an online account with your local bank, then there is never a chance that somebody steals your account password. But if you only interact with something online, then it is up to you to be very careful about your security there. And, and again, limiting accessing it to uh, devices and networks that you trust and having, a, having a, a very good password and paying attention to that account when you see suspicious activity. Okay. All right. And now how do I transfer money from my local bank into the online. It's very easy. What you're going to do when you open an online account, you will fill out your information online, but you'll also fill out information about your local banking account. Uh, for me, it's my local checking account, so I'll have the account number, the routing number, the registration on that, and typically what they will do is then they will deposit maybe a few cents in that account, which you will come back and verify that it is uh, attached appropriately. So once it's attached uh, electronically, you can move money back and forth very easily. Very good. Thank you so much for your help. Good luck. Thanks, uh, Sabina. Thank you now. And I, I agree, Nancy. Once you get it set up, I've got one with uh, American Express Savings, and it's a, just a transfer. And I, either way, to one of my savings account or from my savings back to my checking account. Very and I simple. Just think back uh, to the day, Kevin, that uh, and Ryder doesn't know this when you had to actually go down to the bank and move money around and write that check. And now I can do it during the day, just a, a few clicks on. 
on my keyboard and move money around. Exactly. Let's uh, stay on the phone lines. Next, we'll go to Madison. John's called in today. Go ahead, John. You're on the air with us. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, I've got a question, please, regarding a, uh, a saving account for a newborn, college saving account, actually, uh, saving funds for college. Are you using them now? No. No. So are you are you asking whether you should use them? No, no. I'm, I'm trying to open up an account, and I don't know exactly where to go or how to go about it. Now, do you want to use savings bonds, or do you want to just have a, an account that is saving for college? Just an account for college. Okay, then you need to look at uh, Mississippi's plans. There are two plans. One is called Impact and one is called Max. And um, I would encourage you, again, you can go to the uh, state treasurer's site. You can find information about those plans, how they work, and you can even open those accounts online. Okay, it's called Impact, you say? One is M-P-A-C-T that works mm-hmm. like a 401K, which is whatever you put in there, however it grows, you choose the investments, then that's what you have for college when that child is ready for college. With the other one, which is um, basically insurance for college, you just buy a certain number of years, and you're buying it in today's dollars, and it will be there for you later on. Oh, Also, uh, John, if you would search the Money Talks archive, uh, a podcast archive, or go to mpbonline.org and look for Money Talks, I think that we've done a couple of shows on that. uh, They're called, was it 504? 529 plans. 529 plans. Mm -hmm. So if you search for that, uh, you might be able to find an old show where we went into kind of in-depth about the two plans that Mississippi offers. So we appreciate Okay. Appreciate your call, John. Thanks. Uh, Let's stay on line. Next, we've got uh, Jane in Ellisville. Good morning, Jane. You're on the air. Go ahead. That is true. So you can do when you have an IRA and you are age 70 and a half, that magical age of 70 and a half, then you can do what is called a qualified charitable distribution. And that is up to $100,000 sent from your IRA directly to a charity. So a qualified charity, any 501c3, a lot of schools, churches, those are all, those all count. You can send it directly to them and you not only do you not pay taxes on it so you obviously since it's sending to charity you don't owe federal taxes on that but it doesn't even count uh, as income when you do your taxes and so that matters for things like your Medicare premiums, uh, if you are kind of at a cutoff point with Medicare premiums, then you may be able to stay below it by sending some of the money directly to a charity. And and that does fulfill your required minimum distribution obligations. So imagine you've got a $10,000 required distribution to make. You can send 5000 of it to your church and you can withdraw the other 5000 You will only need to pay taxes on and you will only even need to report as income the 5000 that you actually withdrew yourself. 
I just want to emphasize that it is so important that you have that check sent directly from the institution that has your IRA to the charity and it does not pass through your hands. Otherwise, that just looks like a withdrawal and the, and the IRS is going to want their cut. Also, know that uh, some people get confused when they do that. That's not going to show up as a tax-deductible donation in that year. It's just you've missed out on the extra income. And so often we have to then explain to churches about how to report that. Yep. But that is – I love it when folks bring that up. I love helping people people, uh, give their money away and fund those causes that that are near and dear to them. And that is just such a great tool. So uh, really, thank you, Jane, for bringing that up and calling into the show about that. Thanks for your call, Jane. We've got an open topic show today. You need some tips on doing your taxes. We'll have that for you next. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, and Jimmy from Redwood will get your question right after this break. from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. We're glad you found our show, Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. Here's a program reminder, Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m., listen live to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. If you'd like to be reminded of easy tax, tax tips, you can follow at IRS News on Twitter. Got some calls to get to, starting again with Jimmy calling in from Redwood. Good morning, Jimmy. You're on the air with us, so go ahead. Uh, yes, sir. I was going to ask a question. Um, I have never filed income tax. I've never worked. Uh, I'm 49, and I received supplemental security income. Uh, is there anything I should be doing as far as, like, income tax? Or, or like, will, will my pay uh, increase, like, at, you know, when I retire at age of 65 or whatever? Well, if you're below a certain limit, I can't tell you off the top of my head what that amount is as far as your income. You are not required to file income tax. Now, the problem is sometimes there are benefits to filing, and what we saw over the last few years 
that people did not get stimulus checks unless they were on record with taxes. And so there may be some funds that are due you because of things like that or some credits that you would be allowed. So I would still encourage you to go ahead and file in that case. And probably once you hit um, Social Security age, your full retirement age, for you that will be age 67, that uh, will then convert to a Social Security benefit. But you probably need to go ahead and call the um, Social Security office and make sure you understand how those benefits work. And like, okay, like right now I receive eight, uh, 841, so at age of 67 it would increase to whatever the Social Security. Have you gotten a statement from Social Security recently? Have you gone online and set up an account so you can see what those various benefits are? Well, I don't use computers. I'm, I'm totally blind, and mm-hmm. that's why I get to like, check and well, okay, in that case, I would encourage you to set up an appointment with Social Security and go ahead and talk to someone, and they will be happy to go through and talk to you about your various benefits and what will happen at different ages. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Thank, thank you. I love y'all's show. Thank right. you. Thanks, Jimmy, for the call. Let's uh, go next to, I think it's Cherie in Canton. Good morning. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. Hey, I was calling because I have a couple of nieces and nephews that I want to set up an account for while they're young. And what would be the best way, like, like they would earn the most money, I guess you could say, with uh, what account? What? Savings account for them. Sure. So if to earn the most money, it is probably not just going to be a savings account. You're probably thinking of an investment account. And the real question is kind of how do you want to give it to them? So we talked earlier about college savings plans, which are great if you have this specific goal of I would like to give money to my nieces and nephews so that they will have money for college expenses one day. That is a perfect account. You get a little bit of a tax break. It is tax sheltered. It is designated for college already. Everyone is on the same page about that. Is 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 that what you're looking for? Are you just looking to kind no, of I give mean, them some money? Like, I mean, I don't know if they'll go to college. Mm-hmm. Sure. Not, not everybody's meant for college. Absolutely, absolutely. Trade schools are great. You know, I mean, plumbers are making ninety five dollars an hour. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking, hey, sure. You no, know, I mean, I just want to have it where they can't get it till they're like twenty five. Uh, oh, so you want? Okay, so they're very young. Yes, so. If you give it to them in what's called a custodial account, then that money is theirs automatically once they hit the age of majority. And so in Mississippi, that's theirs automatically when they hit 21. You would no longer be, you would probably still, you may still have access to the account just depending on the institution, but they would be able to walk up to the institution and say, hey, I'm I'm sure he's a niece and nephew, or nephew and I would like my money now. It's theirs. Um, the only way to lock it up further would be a just leave it in an account in your name just just open an account at a brokerage and and say oh that account you know my account ending in you know one two three that one is for that one's for one niece and then this next one is for my nephew and then this next one's for so and so and maybe pod's on those accounts and perhaps have yeah have have pod so the payable on death or yeah. the tod transfer on because if you said they're very young anything can happen over the 
next 20, 25 years. And so that would be something where it would still be totally your money and your discretion, but you are just kind of designating it in your mind and with a few documents that it is it is ultimately for them. That's probably going to be the best tool if you if you really do want to lock it up for for uh, quite quite a long time. Okay, so it's like a Vanguard account or something like that. Sure, yeah, you could open that account up at any brokerage. Uh, Vanguard, ha- Vanguard's all right. I, I think their 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 strength is in their mutual funds, not in their brokerage operations. Uh, Schwab or TD Ameritrade, it is now the same company. That is one of the largest and most retail friendly, as we like to say, brokerages in the business, and they offer a wide. They offer pretty much the widest range of stocks and funds, and you would probably you might get a little help from somebody setting that up in an aggressive investment and someone who can help you understand, well, what is an aggressive investment? How do I expect this to behave? And particularly if you plan on maybe adding a little bit of money to those accounts every year, or if you just want to get them started with a lump sum and then kind of call it a day, they would give you some help you understand what to expect out of that account and what a truly aggressive investment might be. All right, then. Well, I do appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Uh, thanks for your Have call. Bye-bye. <clears throat> Let's spend the final couple of minutes talking about uh, travel tips. Uh, Nancy, any tips for flyers? Well, um, I've just been looking at booking some trips myself, and one of the problems we're running into right now is the price of oil, and that is certainly then affecting uh, those airline tickets, and we think that will be the case for a while. But we did. um, We tried a new airline. We usually fly Delta. We booked on United and uh, opened up one of their credit card accounts, and so we got a discount there. Um, Also, watch to make sure, you know, is it important for you to have the flexibility to change your travel plan? Sometimes you have to um, go to a higher class ticket in order to be able to do that. So watch all of that and um, and then be flexible on the days you can travel. And that's a big help because they're, they're going to be looking at, at lower travel days as uh, options for better prices. I ran into something uh, last fall when I was uh, went to visit my friend. We go see a tennis tournament together. Uh, he lives in Greensboro, North Carolina, and the previous year I'd flown United. Well, United does not fly into Greensboro anymore. Uh, so there are a lot of smaller cities where where uh, service is being cut back. So make sure I made the mistake. It said, well, can you find a nearby uh, airport? And I went ahead and booked the flight, not realizing <laughs> that instead of going to Greensboro, I was sending myself to Charlotte, North Carolina, which was a nowhere different. near yeah. I needed. Yeah. Fortunately, as soon as I saw Charlotte, I immediately went, oh, my gosh, and I was able to cancel with no, uh, with no problems. But pay attention when you're looking for flight information that you're actually and going to the place you want to go to. You know, some of these... Um, cheap airlines, you have to be very careful because they entice you with these really low uh, fees and then you get on there and you realize where there's an extra fee for a carry-on even, um, additional charges for uh, luggage, uh, even additional charges if you want that bag 
bag of peanuts. Well, and did I see somewhere that there's one where you have to pay extra if you want to sit down? I mean, or I, I seem to I haven't like heard a, of that one. <laughs> Maybe there's going to be like a Incredible. little coin thing by the, the, the restroom. You know, you have to put money in so you can get in. All righty. That will wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from listeners. To hear today's show or previous show, you can find it at moneytalks.mpbonline.org or listen to the podcast by searching for Money Talks on your favorite podcasting app. Our show is produced by Liz Gill and our call screener today was Java Chapman. So for Dr. Nancy Lottridge-Anderson and Ryder Taff, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to join us every Tuesday at 9 for Money Talks. It's heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.